0: Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Josie Kerrigan. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that God has called you to do. We are so glad you are here. I am so excited to share with you from the Word of God this morning. Before we get into it, would you stand to your feet one more time? We've been having family meetings and welcoming members and all these things, but I just want to posture our hearts to receive from God's Word. He wants to speak to us, and his word has the ability to transform our hearts, to renew our minds, to give us insight and wisdom for how to live our lives, and so would you just close your eyes? I'm going to pray over us. Father God, this morning we come to you and we look to your word, and Father, I ask that you would speak to us, that you would transform us. We open up our hearts to receive from you this morning. God, I pray that you would speak through me and that our, our, our hearts would be fertile soil, that the seed would go down deep and that it would bear much fruit. Help us to focus in on what you wanna to say to us specifically this morning. And I pray that this would be a word in season for every person that hears it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Say amen. amen. All right, and take your seats. This morning, I am going to talk about something that is very apropos to the Christmas season, and that is the blessing of God. You know, we love to gather around the Christmas tree or gather with family and bless one another with gifts. And obviously, God gave the ultimate gift when he gave Jesus, his son, to us. And I've been thinking about this theme of God's blessing, the power couple of weeks and I just wanted to share with you a few of the things that God has been um, speaking to my heart about and I was excited to share with my church family about and you know it's funny when you look at the blessing of God there's some things in church circles that are controversial right like should Christians drink or not drink should we speak in tongues or not speak in tongues predestination like there are topics that when you Google about them and you start searching what people have written about it it's very diverse opinions. Ironically, blessing is also something controversial, like you wouldn't think so, but because the connotations have a lot to do with financial blessing, I'm just gonna move this forward, um, a lot to do with financial blessing, when you start looking at what people think about the blessing of God and the theology of blessing, the opinions are very diverse. Like some people think that, Increased wealth and prosperity here in this life is a mark and a sign of the blessing of God. Some people think that, you know, poverty is the best way to please God because we deny ourselves and, you know, Jesus had nowhere to lay his head or whatever. So it's a mark of great spirituality and the blessing of God when he sustains us even in difficult times. And so as I'm looking at this, I don't know what your background is on the theology of God's blessing, especially when it comes to finances. But can we all agree on this? that God wants to bless us, whatever that looks like. Because that's one thing that I realize that everybody has in common is they realize that God's blessing is good, we just disagree on what it looks like. And I'm not here to try to convince you that God's blessing looks a certain way in your life. While I'm speaking, if you want to... um, you know, think of the blessing of God in your life as something where it brings healing and restoration to your family and that you have eternal life and you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, then think of that as God's blessings. And if you want to think of it in material blessings and in health or your family members coming to know God or peace or um, wholeness of your soul that you don't struggle with anxiety, if that is blessing to you, then think of that. Like whatever you see God's blessing at, just picture that when I say the word blessing. And that way there's no like confusion. We can all receive God's blessing, because we know he wants to bless us. As a matter of fact, I just want to establish that from the front end. God wants to bless you. Like, can we look at Genesis when God first created man? And he created man, and it says he created man in his image. And in Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning, after he made man, it says in verse 28, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. The first thing God did, he created people, and then he blessed us. God wants to bless us. And it's not just an Old Testament thing. If we think about it, when Jesus came, you know, he also wanted to bless us with salvation and with healing and with restoration for our soul. And the word of God even says in Romans 8.32, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? God loves to bless us. God wants to bless you. It's his design from the very beginning to the very end that you and I walk in his blessing, right? So what does blessing mean? Um, the, if you, I looked at the dictionary and it just says, blessing is a favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. Don't you want that? Like something that God gives you that makes you happy. And to be blessed means to be happy, to be prosperous, to be enjoying spiritual happiness and favor with God and heavenly joy. I don't know about you, but I want to live blessed. Like, that sounds pretty amazing. So God wants to bless us. That's number one. Like, we all just need to realize that God wants to bless us. But then I was thinking about it, and, and this is really where this message was birthed. I was painting trim, actually, in our house. We're going through each room and repainting our trim. And I was um, painting and just listening to the Bible on my headphones. and. I started realizing this pattern, that because we are the children of God and because we were designed for blessing and because he's a good, good father and he wants to bless us, it's almost like he's gonna bless us regardless. But there are two different ways that we can walk in that blessing and one is more abundant than the other. So think of, for instance, the times in the word of God Where people are in need and they cry out to God for help or they cry out to God because they're in their own mess that they've created and he helps them and he brings them blessing like he blesses them and he helps them and he rescues them and he brings his favor on them even if they're in a mess of their own doing but then there's other instances in the Word of God where people live in such a way that they please God And his favor is just turned towards them and his blessing surrounds them and goes before them. They don't even have to cry out for it. It's just there because of the way they were living their lives that attracts the blessing of God. So I wanted to show you a couple of examples because once that that occurred to me, I started seeing it like as a theme throughout scripture. If you think about the children of Israel when they're walking in the desert and they're following God and they start, what do they do? Which... You know, I used to always think that it was so foolish of them to complain. But how many of you guys have ever complained to the Lord? When I was little, my mom used to read me the book about, and the Israelites grumbled, and the Israelites grumbled. And, you know, I was not allowed to grumble when I was six. And so I was like, why are they so stupid and just keep grumbling all the time? But once you've lived a few years on this earth, it's easy to slip into the grumbling, right? But here's the thing is God blessed them even when they grumbled. So a couple of examples. They complained about being hungry. So God gave them manna. And it was like an answer to prayer, right? They grumbled and they're like, we're hungry. So he sent them manna. They cried out that they didn't have meat. So he sent them quail. He gave them meat. They were like, well, in Egypt, we had meat. Like, would you bring us out here to starve and just eat manna all the time? We're so bored of manna. And God's like, okay, well, I'll give you meat then. He blessed them not because they were thankful and had a wonderful attitude but he answered their prayer anyway they cried out that they were overrun by their enemies because they had turned away from him and not served him and every time and we see this in judges and kings every time that they turned away from god and things started getting bad and they were like god our enemies are overtaking us god's like okay i will raise up a judge And he will help deliver you out of your bondage and out of your enemies. And um, he rescued them when they cried out to him. And then they wanted a king like all the other countries. And God's like, this is not even a good idea, but okay, I'll give you one. Because he wants to bless and he wants to give and he wants to fulfill our desires. And remember Jonah, like he had been disobedient and he didn't follow what God said. And then God brought him still to be used as a prophet of God to the city of Nineveh. Nineveh, And they all repented, if you you know the story. Um, And then Nineveh is watching over them to see if God's judgment's gonna fall or if, if they're gonna survive the judgment of God. And he's sitting there and he's hot and he complains. Like, I don't know, if I was God, I would be so annoyed with Jonah at this point. Like between the wail and between the complaining and between the, well, I don't even think they deserve your forgiveness, Lord. But God just lets a bush come up and shelter him from the sun. God answers our prayers. And I don't know if you've ever prayed a prayer like Jonah. I feel like I have. Like I've been in situations where I'm like, God, this is not fair. Would you please just help me out of this sticky situation that I'm in? And that's okay. God doesn't mind and he still blesses us. But then there are other situations. If you look at Noah where the whole world was wicked, but he was righteous, and he had the favor of God. And him and his family were the only ones that survived. You look at Abraham, and he was singled out out of all the people. And God ended up blessing the whole world through him, giving him a legacy. And it says that he was wealthy with cattle, silver, and gold because of the blessing and favor of God that followed him. He didn't beg God for wealth. It just came upon him because God found favor with him. Joseph, like the ultimate story of favor, he ended up ruling over all of Egypt. Only Pharaoh was higher than him. And he didn't ask for that. It just happened because he was walking in favor with God. You look at Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, David, Solomon, Hezekiah. If you know these Bible stories, you know their stories. They had favor. If you don't, all of these people Pleased God and lived righteous lives to the point where God just was like a magnet with his blessing and just showered them. It says that during Solomon's reign, silver and gold were as normal as rocks. Like that's how blessed he became. And he wasn't seeking for earthly blessings. He was asking God for wisdom. But God said, well, I'll also give you this because I am so Pleased with you. And I started thinking about this. What would it look like to live a life in such a way that we get up in the morning and we're like, God, I just want to please you? We're not asking Him for things. We're just trying to please Him in general by the way we talk, by the way we treat people, by the way we live holy, by the way we conduct ourselves towards our families. And His blessing just starts being drawn to us like a magnet because His eyes, the Bible says, are always looking back and forth across the world, seeking who he can show himself strong over, who he can bless, who can find favor in his eyes. And we've all been adopted into the family of God, so he's going to take care of us no matter what. But there's a certain, I don't know if you've ever been around people where it's like everything just seems to go well for them. Now I want to be careful to say this, the favor and blessing of God doesn't always mean that you have. An easy time and amazing life we're gonna look at the story of Joseph in a minute he found himself a slave and it talks about him being favored by God in that context like how does that that does not compute with our earthly understanding so you have to picture that the favor of God is that ability to thrive and be blessed regardless of your circumstances It does not look like everybody being as rich as Solomon, but it does look like whatever your circumstances are, you are thriving there, just like Joseph did, which we'll look at in just a moment. And I just want you to wrap your mind around the idea and the thought that you don't have to beg God for anything, that you can live in such a way that your life is pleasing to him, and he is just looking for opportunities to show his favor. On you you know God wants to bless us we establish that and and we're part of his family I think of our kids when I was thinking about this I think about Jordana so she's if you don't know her our youngest and she is living in California right now she's going to a Bible school there at Bethel in Reading and we pay for her apartment So we, every month, we make a payment for her to be a roommate in this apartment. She shares it with three other girls. And I was just thinking about this. God wants to bless us. He sent his only son to give us all these things. Like he said, if if he didn't even withhold his only son, why wouldn't he give us everything? What if we sent this payment for Jordana's rent, but she didn't live in the apartment? And we find out when we go to visit that she's actually like living under a bridge, just homeless and she has this apartment available to her, as a matter of fact, an apartment that I'm paying for, and she's not living in it, or we send her money for food and for groceries, and she has a little budget, and so we send her our monthly thing. What if, although she has access to her bank account, she does not use her debit card, and she just goes to, like, the local soup kitchen, and is like, I don't have any food. I just, I don't understand why my parents aren't Um, giving me food they said they would we're like the money is in your bank account I think sometimes that's how we view God's blessing is like he has all of it and somehow it's here but we haven't figured out how to access it and he's like you're living over here like under a bridge eating from a soup kitchen when there's a bank account of money and there's an apartment for you whether that is emotionally, whether that is physically with our, our actual physical financial needs, or whether that is spiritual poverty, whatever that looks like, God has abundant blessing for us, but we have to figure out how to access it. Like he does not have a supply problem. I don't know if you've seen the shelves around here this Christmas, but there are some things that are just not arriving onto the shelves. God's blessing Is always there in abundance but we have to go and get it like the ships are there but we are the harbor we are the docks and we have to bring them in and say yes I receive I'm gonna walk in this blessing so we have to figure out how to live a life that attracts God's blessing and how we can access what he gave us so I want to look at the life of Joseph because it's astonishing to me as I was studying some of these people how he had the favor of God in every circumstance that he went to Like his life was all the way from the second most powerful person on the planet to being in prison unfairly. And everywhere he went, it says that God's favor was on him. So I want to just look at his story. So Joseph, when we think about blessing, we often think about Abraham. And Abraham was the man that God chose to be the father of the nation of Israel, and so he had a son, who then had a son, who then had a son, and his name was Joseph. So Joseph was one of 12 brothers, and his dad loved him more than the other brothers, which is terrible parenting. Don't do that. I don't know why that happened in the story, but we're not perfect, right? So the Bible is stories of imperfect people. So Joseph was the favorite kid, and his dad gave him this robe that was beautiful and had many colors, and his brothers got jealous. And to, Make a long story short, they were so jealous that they ended up selling him into slavery. They took him captive, sold him to some people, and he was sent to Egypt on this caravan through the desert, and he was sold as a slave. Like, can you imagine? And Joseph, having been the favorite son, he was his father's favorite. He had the colored robes. He had had dreams of greatness that God had given him, and he had shared those dreams with his brothers, which I think was maybe not wise, I don't know. Like, if, if your brothers are struggling with jealousy and then you share these dreams of greatness. So he, he said, I had a dream, and all of you, my brothers, you bowed down to me. <laughs> like, I feel like he had the identity thing settled. Like he knew that he was favored. He knew that he was the favorite son. He was secure in his identity, but he was not very mature. Like there's a time and a place to share these things. Like Mary, sometimes we should just hide them in our heart. But there was Joseph, and so he shared this with his brothers, which I'm sure um, was probably one of the things that made them decide, you know what, we need to get rid of this kid. It's too annoying. So they sold him into to Egypt. But the one thing that Jacob did have he did have that identity thing settled in his heart he knew that he was a son he knew that he had favored he had had dreams revealed to him who he was if you will want to draw a parallel who he was in the kingdom of God you and I are the favorite son or daughter of the most high God and he has called us to greatness now that's not for us to go around and brag about it but we can be confident wherever we go knowing that God's favor and blessing will be there ahead of us just making a path for us no matter where we find ourselves so joseph he was confident in god's favor on his life so he was sold to be a slave to a man named potiphar potiphar was um one of the higher up people in egypt and we're going to go read his story um just a couple of verses but i would encourage you to read all about joseph's life it's a fascinating story but in genesis 39 Um, Joseph was now serving Potiphar. And it says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him, he gave him success in everything he did. I'll read here. Um, He gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his whole household. And he entrusted in his care everything that he owned. From that time, he put him in charge of his household, everything that he owned. And God blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So here's what happened is he's a slave. But he became in charge of everything because Potiphar even saw that the favor of God God was on Joseph. Favor, I want to just uh, mention what favor is. It means demonstrated delight, approval, support, goodwill, above and beyond kindness and preference. That's what God was showing to Joseph. When you are even in a totally um, secular workplace, you can expect God to prosper the people that you work for just because you are there. Like, that's the kind of favor that God has on you. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're working for a church like we do. Of course, we would expect God's blessing and favor, whatever. But if you're working for American Airlines, if you're working for a tax company, if you're working for Kroger, if you're working for whatever the company is, because you are there, you can expect God's favor and you can expect promotion if you walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. As Joseph's story goes on, he had all sorts of opportunity to sin and do the wrong thing. Potiphar, Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with Joseph. And if you've heard the story before, Joseph said no, and he said no, and he said no. And finally, one day, it was just him and, and this lady in the house. And Joseph came um, walking by, and she said, Sleep with me. And he said, No. And she pulled his robe off, and he fled from this situation. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're tempted to sin or where you have the opportunity to sin, especially in your workplace, don't do it. God's favor wants to rest on us. But if we give in to the culture of this world, if we walk in the same way as everybody else around us walks, like Brad talked about last week about Hanukkah, like standing up against the ungodly beliefs of the system that we're living in, no matter what your workplace is, if you walk holy, God's favor will rest on you. And that's what happened to Joseph. And so he was falsely accused because Potiphar's wife was so angry that when Potiphar came home, he said, look, she said, look, here is the robe of your servant, Joseph. He tried to rape me, which was a lie. I want him out of here. So Potiphar got angry and he threw Joseph in prison. So now Joseph is in prison. He had this dream of greatness. He had the favor of God. What happens in prison? We'll read the exact same story. God's favor was on Joseph in prison so much so that the warden saw it and put him in charge of the whole prison. It doesn't matter where you go. When the favor and blessing of God is on you, you get promoted. And I want you to just think about that. God wants to bless me, God wants to promote me. Like it seems so, like we're supposed to be humble, right? Like we're not supposed to seek promotion. Like it almost feels unchristian depending on how you grew up. But for me, that's like, the thing is though, Joseph was not seeking promotion, he was seeking living right and seeking to please God. He refused to do what was common in that culture and that's the exact same thing that we see with Noah. That we see with Abraham, that we see with Daniel, that we see with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Every single person that the Bible talks about God showing favor towards and this blessing that's just like over and above lives counterculture to what everybody else around them is doing. That's what happened to Joseph. He's in prison. And now here, he gets put in charge of the prison. And then two of Pharaoh, who was, you know, the ruler of Egypt, which was the most powerful nation in the world at that time, by the way. So two of his servants get thrown in jail right there where Joseph is. They have dreams, weird dreams, and they're confused about it. And Joseph says, hey, why do you look so upset today? And they tell him his dreams. And Joseph said, hey, God can interpret those dreams. Let me see what they mean. So he asks God, he gets the translation of those dreams, the interpretation for those dreams. Which is super accurate, by the way, and it happens just like he said. Pharaoh brings his servants, one of them gets killed because he had had a dream that he would get killed, and and Joseph said that it was going to happen. The other one gets restored to full favor with Pharaoh, and several years later, Pharaoh has a dream, and he's upset because he can't figure out what it means. And this servant that had been in jail, in prison with Joseph says, oh my goodness, I know somebody that can interpret dreams. There's this guy, Joseph, who was in charge of the jail, but I could bring him here. So Joseph comes. Can I tell you, this is many, 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 many years later. And the interesting thing is, when did the Bible say that Joseph had favor? It doesn't say it now when he was brought before Pharaoh. In our eyes, once he's brought before Pharaoh and things start going well for him and he starts getting position and status in the eyes of this world, that's where I would have inserted in scripture. And Joseph had favor from God and he got to come before Pharaoh. No, the Bible says that Joseph had favor when he was a slave. It says that he had favor when he was in prison. Now he gets to come before Pharaoh, the most powerful man on earth. And he interprets the dream And you guys probably know the story, but the dream is that there's going to be seven years of famine and then seven years, I mean, sorry, seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. So Joseph says, listen, God has showed you this on purpose. You need to start storing up food so that you can have enough to eat because there's going to be seven years where absolutely nothing to eat. Nothing's going to grow. And if you don't stockpile, nobody's going to have anything to eat. We're all going to die. So Pharaoh says, you are so wise. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put you in charge of that. And he makes Joseph the number two person in all of Egypt. I want to just read it because it's so, you know, when we talked about favor and blessing, it's like just undeserved and it's absolutely like beyond what we could think or imagine. Picture being a slave. One of 12 brothers, whose brothers can't even stand you, and now you're before Pharaoh, and he says in Genesis 41, verse 39, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. I remind you, he was just in jail, like this same day. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all of my people will submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Only God. Like it's crazy. You can't make this stuff up. But that's the kind of blessing that God wants to give to us. Where there is no way that we could explain it any other way than only God could do this for me. Only God could make my heart happy again. Only God could have restored our family. Only God could have come through for me in this situation. Only God could have promoted me to this situation level of whatever influence that might work. Only God could have done this for me. And the thing is, God wants to. He's not trying to withhold from us. What does he want to do? He wants to bless us. So when we get up in the morning and when we live our lives and we walk about our week, living in such a way that we please God. Like if you're a people pleaser in here, like switch it and become a God pleaser like it's much more rewarding can I just tell you but for those of us that really wanted to please our parents because we wanted them to smile and say good job like that's how we should live for God and he does smile on us and he does reward us and he does want good for us in amazing ways like more than we could ever think or imagine the Bible says look at what happened to Joseph and the Word of God says that these stories are here for our benefit so that we could learn what can we learn from the life of Joseph we can learn that it doesn't matter what our outward circumstances are God still wants to bless and favor us if we live in a way that pleases him it shows us that we have to have the identity question settled because if we don't think we deserve blessing it's not going to be attracted to us we're not going to unload the cargo ship if we don't think the packages are for us have you guys heard the story about the guy that went on a cruise but he didn't realize the food was included and he could only afford his ticket so he didn't eat he packed like little sandwiches There's a buffet that God has, but if we don't think it belongs to us, we're not going to eat from it. I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. Whatever that looks like for you in every area, you don't have to beg for it. You don't have to somehow twist God's arm to do it. You just have to live in a way that pleases him and his blessing and favor will chase you down in ways that you couldn't even imagine. The thing is, God knows you so intimately. I I love that about my kids, like I I know them. And so when they were little and we'd think about Christmas gifts, like I would know what make them smile. I'm not, you know, if Jordana loves pink, I know that about her and I'm not gonna give her an orange coat, I'm gonna give her a pink coat. God knows what you like. He knows what makes you feel like, oh my goodness, God did that for me. Like, only he would know that that's the desire of my heart. I haven't even asked him for that. Just because you thought it and he wants to delight in you. But again, it comes back to that two different ways of of living our life where we're always kind of one step behind begging God to have a breakthrough. Please, Lord, move on my behalf. Or we're living in a way that is so attractive to God and to his blessing that it's already there ahead of us and we just walk in it and we step into it and it's really just an attitude of our hearts. It's how we live our lives. Jesus was asked, what is, what is it that we should do in order to inherit the kingdom? What is the number one thing? And he answered the same thing that we find in the Old Testament. I think you all know the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39. And I think if we follow this, the blessing of God will truly overtake us. He said, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we love God with everything that we have, and then we love our neighbor around us, we treat them with honor and kindness and respect. Like our Father in heaven wants to bless that. The kids whose heart are after him and the kids who care about the same thing that his heart cares for, caring about the widow and orphan, all the things that you find in the word of God that are on God's heart, if you wanna please him, start caring about those same things. Start finding out what makes God smile, and then live like that, and get up in the morning and be like, how can I make God smile today? Then you make it so easy for God to bless you. And lastly, when we look at the life of Joseph, what we realize is the blessing was not ultimately for him. It was for others. When God blesses our lives, there are stages to that blessing. We see it all throughout scripture. Abraham was blessed and then through that, his whole family and lineage and legacy was blessed, and through that came Jesus, and so the whole world was blessed. Joseph was blessed. He became the most, second most powerful man in all of Egypt, and through that, he helped the whole world through this famine that was happening, and not only that, his brothers came. If you know the end of the story, his brothers didn't know the famine was coming, They found themselves during a season where there was no harvest and they didn't have any food. So where did they go? To the most powerful nation on earth, Egypt, where there was rumor that there was food. So they came, they didn't even recognize Joseph. But what did Joseph do? He gave them food. He gave them grain. He forgave them for what they had done. Once they realized that Joseph was their brother who they had sold into slavery, they were terrified. Terrified. And I can imagine why. (laughs) But Joseph wept. And he said, don't worry about it. God brought me here to be a blessing for you. I'm going to give you food go get my dad bring him here I'm going to give you the best land in all of Egypt and you can live there with your sons and your cattle and all these things it's going to go well with you because of what God has done for me when God blesses us it's first for us and then for others when we recognize that and we don't want to selfishly hoard the blessing of God in our lives man we become a conduit for his blessing he will bless you either way he will take care of you but there are different levels of blessing and the way we live our lives determine what level of blessing we're gonna tap into. Hop up on your feet, I'm gonna finish with this story. I heard the story of a missionary family that didn't have any more money. They were living on support and it was time for dinner. They didn't have any food in their fridge and so they sat down, it was a mom and a dad and two kids said okay kids it's time for dinner and we need a miracle we know that God brought us here and and he will provide for us we have faith in that so they sat down they held hands and they prayed God you said you'd provide our daily bread and right now we we need our daily bread we need dinner and we ask that you will provide it and just when they said amen there was a knock on the door and there was a woman and she said God spoke to me to bring you this. And she had this fully cooked meal in a basket. And they were just astonished. Like they celebrated their kids, their faith grew that day because they saw God answer prayer and put food on their table. What a miracle. He blessed them with that meal. But can I ask you something? Who would you rather be, that family that was blessed or the woman that came with the basket? God wants you to be so blessed that you can be the blessing for others. And when we stay in the place where we're always having to ask we don't have enough to be the answer for somebody else but once we step beyond that first level of blessing because he will bless you even when your table is empty and when you're in dire need just like the israelites in the desert he will send you manna but his biggest Desire for you is that you will actually get into the promised land that you will actually remember the Lord your God and serve him and please him That you would sow and reap a harvest that is so plentiful that you can bring baskets to other people and Be that God answer for them Just like Joseph was when the entire world was spared from perishing in a famine Because of his obedience and the favor that he walked in when he was in Potiphar's house When he was in the prison and when he was in the courts of Pharaoh who were the most ungodly, unbelieving people of that time. But Joseph lived righteous and God used him to be a blessing. So I want you this morning to just start shifting your mindset of how you view God's blessing and realizing that he wants such abundance for you that you can be a blessing to the whole world, ultimately. The worship team is gonna come up and they're gonna sing over you that song, The Blessing. That God's favor would be upon you for a thousand generations. There's a verse in, in the Scripture that says that God's favor lasts for a lifetime. It's not just like a one-time answer to prayer. It's something we walk in. And I want our church, every single person in this room, or if you're watching online, to walk in that favor and blessing of God. It says that a righteous man leaves a legacy for his children and his children's children. You should have something substantial, spiritually, emotionally, and in the natural to give on to your children and their children's children because of God's blessing and favor, because you please him. You're his son, you're his daughter in whom he's well pleased when you live his life in the way you've called to live it. so I just want to pray over you and the worship team is going to sing. Just close your eyes. Father, right now I pray for a revelation of your desire to bless us. That we would stop living in an orphan mentality where we go from one answered prayer to the next answered prayer because we find ourselves in dire need. But instead I ask for an abundance of riches of favor, of blessing, of peace for our soul, of joy, of prosperity, so that we could be a blessing and an answer to others, oh God. I pray right now that you would speak to us. Reveal to us how to please you. As they are singing, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart about how he wants to bless you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit UncommonChurch.tv.